you wait for everything to be perfect and lined up straight before you make a choice? How hard are you trying to get everything in your life right? What if jumping in and getting messy is one of the ways to find out what works for you? Discover how being willing to mess up can create the phenomenal life you truly desire. Get ready to quit judging and start embracing all of your messy adventures. Now, here's your host, self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava. Hey, welcome to Messy Adventures in Living. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever, wherever, whenever it is in your part of the world. Um, thank you for being here. Have you ever been here before to Messy Adventures in Living? Would you like to know a little bit about what this is all about? So Messy Adventures in Living is a radio show, an hour where you get to play with me and I get to invite you into getting messy with your life and stop waiting for everything to be perfect. What could you create if you um, started to function from choice um, instead of waiting for everything to be lined up straight before you chose anything? Is that actually living? Um, so I'm Petrina Fava, and here's a few ways that I play in the world. I'm a mom of three kids. They are 13 and 10 and almost 7 now. I'm also a pediatric nurse. I work here in Toronto. I've been doing that for coming up 20 years. And um, what else do I do? I also create my own um, bath and body products. Um, and the name of those is called Naturally Happy Body. Um, if you are interested in anything like that, you can look at naturallyhappybody.com. Um, I'm an access consciousness bars and body process facilitator and a million other things that um, you can find if you go to patrinafava.com. So I am really excited about today's show, so we're going to get to the chase. I have an awesome guest on today. Uh, her name, name is Janine Youngworth, and today we're talking about the lies of death. So what do you believe about death that is actually a lie? What if sad and loss and missing and gone are all lies, no matter how real they feel to you? What if it's possible to have an even greater relationship or connection with, with someone after they die? And can that show up for you if you're holding on to the lie that they're gone? So thanks for joining me and my amazing guest, psychic medium Janine Youngworth, today as we bust the lies that we have been believing about death. What if dropping them could open the floodgates to easily staying connected to our loved ones, whether they have a body or not? So Janine is an author speaker, and she used to have a radio show um, right here with us on the Inspired Choices Network, and you can still find all of her shows in our archives. Um, the show is called uh, Just Show Up. Yes, Just Show Up. She mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. She is an intuitive and does work as a psychic medium. At the age of 13, Janine had an experience where she felt as though she was being watched. Not sure what was going on and thinking it was all in her head, she brushed it off each time she was in a particular location. Probably not something any of you listening have ever done. <laughs> not long after she overheard someone talking about all the strange things that were happening there, Janine had the validation that it wasn't all in her head. Being a psychic medium is an amazing ability that Jean has, and she feels it is more, even more important for people to start acknowledging what they too are capable of. She has the most fun teaching people how to acknowledge themselves as the creators of their lives and teaching them tools for how to change the areas in their lives that are not working for them. <sighs> I love it. Hello, Janine. Welcome to Messy Adventures in Living. Hello, Petrina. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, what a I'm fun so topic. 
I know, right? Yes. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Actually, it is fun. So today's topic is um, brought to, I was going to say, is brought to us. So funny. I'm going to just say it. It just popped in my head. So today's show is brought to us by my dead dog, <laughs> MJ. I love it. Away. Right, seriously, really, it really is. So my dog, um, MJ, died last year, a year ago, yesterday. And um, just as I was, uh, we were approaching the one-year, you know, mark, um, because we make these things significant in this reality, I started to mm-hmm. just, you know, think a lot about what what is this thing of missing her, you know? Because I often be like, oh, I really miss her. Like, I, I'd love to, like, rub her fur again and, like, have her lick me again. And, you know, and so I started to, and I know that, and I know this, and, but I really started looking at, wow, we really do have a lot of lot. Like, why am I buying into the lies about death? I can connect with her. I can talk to her anytime. And, um, Last year in May, I did an amazing show, a radio show called One More Gift Before I Go with Susie Godsey. If anyone wants to take a peek at that show, it's um, May 16th, 2016. Um, but um, I, I wanted to talk about it because actually the two weeks before she died, she didn't, she kind of sort of died suddenly, but not really. She just got sick and like in two weeks she was gone. And um, the gifts that I was given, like the the gifts of awareness that she gave me. I learned so much from all of that process. It was the first time that I really had lost a pet that way. Um, were just amazing. And what I was most struck by was how much she had absolutely no point of view about death, about whether she died or not, about whether she stayed if I wanted her to, about whether or not we took her to the vet and helped her go, or if she just was going to hang out on the couch and, you know, die by herself. Like, she didn't have a point of view about suffering. I was so struck by the no point of view of death. And so um, that's why I wanted to do uh, explore this topic again today. And I was, Janine was just like popped in my head right away because <laughs> I like Janine. I like you, Janine. So I'm glad you're Aww. here. I love you too, <laughs> Katrina. <laughs> I think well, yeah, it's so- amazing how animals are so aware and what you're saying with having no point of view. Yeah. You know, they have no point of view about anything. I mean, you can right. be having a bad hair day and judging the heck out of yourself and they really don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and yeah. even and even with something like death, which we really make very significant um in this reality, like it I just you know, I remember being so distressed and so sad and so like unsure of what choice to make because, you know, she was very she was getting really sick and she appeared to be really uncomfortable. She was throwing up. She couldn't stand up. She was so weak. She had stopped eating. And yet um, in her eyes, I could see something different. Like she was just present. She was just there. She was like, what? <laughs> you know that look? Animals give you like, yeah. What? Yeah, I know. I just fell over throwing up, but I'm okay now. So, like, what? And yeah. you know, and I would ask you, like, like, what do you want? Like, are you like, do you want me to take you to the vet? Like, do you need help going? Like, do you want to stay home and die here? Like, what? And she was like, whatever. <laughs> you wow. know, yeah, Do whatever you like. And two years ago, she actually was um, attacked by a dog, and uh, I was uh, at a class at the moment. And when my husband texted me to say he was taking her, like, to the veterinary hospital because she had been bitten and and was, like, you know, seemed, like, really critical, I remember saying to her, 
oh my god, MJ, not not now. <laughs> not like this. <laughs> Please not like I know you have I know it's your choice and I know I need to let go and I know it's your choice, but Please not like this. And you know what? And she hung around for two more years. So I kind of feel like they're like, whatever, I'll stay if you want or not. That's really cool. And so I started to look at, like, what if we could function like that? What if we could function from really no point of view about death? And what are the lies that are in the way? Absolutely. So what do you know about lies? Go ahead. Well, that is one of the things that comes up when I am doing readings with people a lot is they come through thanking the person for giving them permission to let go, giving them permission that it's okay to die. And it's it brings me to tears every time because it's such a gift when we're willing when we're willing to let them go. And sometimes beings like even animals because they're aware of how much we want them here we we require them here but what a gift it is if we're willing to let them go and willing to you know give them permission and because i always say it's our own selfishness that we want people here Mm -hmm. right and so one of the well one of the reasons that i wrote my book you are not alone is is for that reason i was seeing too many people caught up in the lies of death, caught up in the the grief, caught up in the missing their loved ones, all of the guilt and the all of the other stuff, all of those other lies that come in. And I was so, I guess, tired of seeing that, that I thought, I have to write this book. I have to share what I know from communicating with loved ones on the other side so that they know that they're not alone and that, you know, we simply change form. That's it. We're infinite beings. And we have to, one of the other things that I've, one of the lies I think is that we have to fight to live. And it's like, what if it's okay to want to die? Yeah. What if it's okay to want to let go? What if our time here is complete and we have more to do on the other side as being the infinite being? Yeah, wow. Yeah, what if it's okay to let go? What if it's okay to die? I think that that's one of the first lies right off the bat is that we, we learned that early as children is that death is wrong. Death is bad. Death is sad. It's a bad thing when someone dies. And, you know, I can tell you from being a pediatric nurse and seeing many children die, um, I know that many times death is, can be a gift. And I see the gift, like, not... Not only that it can be a gift because the person is physically suffering or something like that, but I can see the gift that that whole process is to everyone in the family. And I, and that might sound harsh to some, or but I don't know. Like I I feel like I see where often death can really change things for people. Do you see also when you're working with people, you've probably been around death more than most of us that are listening. Do you see that it can be a gift to be out of a point of view that they should live or die? Right. Um, Or do you see that they're suffering because they are holding on or because the loved ones that are with them don't want them to go? Do you Hmm. see the difference between suffering and then also being the gift of giving them permission to go? Have you actually seen that? Um, uh, Yes, I have, because I feel like I have seen 
um, differences in how parents and families respond to death and and then um, what how that plays out. So, you know, I've watched families really struggle to let, you know, to let go, we'll call it, of children who are, uh, and then the, yeah, like, you know, children who are terminally ill or who, and are just, you know, on the ventilator and, and brain dead or whatever, and, or not, not necessarily brain dead, but like just very physically sick. And they, they are, you know, really struggling to make that decision to take them off the vent, you know? Um, and, and yeah, like the child just keeps, and then sometimes when that, when you do that, the child keeps living, keeps breathing, um, for a long time. Yeah, I, it's hard to describe, but I have seen how children will just deteriorate physically for a long, lengthy period of time. And then I've seen, I've watched other families where, like, it's been just so inspiring. There was a, one child who was, um, they were like native, they were Aboriginal, and he was, uh, he received a liver transplant when he was, I think, about seven. And then um, when he was about 14 or 15, that liver failed and he needed to be re- relisted for transplant. And he actually asked not to be relisted. He asked not to have that transplant. And the, I remember the medical team was like, but this is life-saving. Like you, will, you, like, you are going to die without this liver transplant. Your liver is completely ruined. And he was okay with that. And he was like, I don't want to do that again. And his parents honored his choice without a lot of drama. They were just like, this is his choice and we are going to honor it. And they took him home and, and they and they brought in a whole bunch of like their Aboriginal spiritual leaders to the room. And I remember just having absolute goosebumps, wa- like watching it because it was joyful. It was a celebration of life. Like it was it was gratitude for him being here. And then they took him home and he died on the reserve, like in nature, surrounded by his family. And so... You know, yeah, I have seen the difference between and how it's so easy for them to go and how quickly they go as opposed to to me. That was such a beautiful thing. Like I can perceive the energy of it and what a gift that is. And it, and Keisha says the honoring. Absolutely. Like, and that's what I see sometimes when I'm doing a reading and they're telling me, please thank them for giving me permission to go. It's like, it's just relief. It's like, finally, they have choice. That Mm -hmm. it's not, well, I should do this, or I shouldn't do that, or, you know, oh, I should hang in there and and suffer some more. It's like, it's, from what I've seen, it's like, it's the resistance to death that creates the greatest pain. And that's the biggest thing that I think people are so afraid of with death, is the suffering, the pain, the transition. And it's like, what if we could have these conversations more? So I'm so grateful that you are are doing the show today because what a gift it will be to undo the lies for people to realize that actually even in death, it's just a choice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's such a good point. Like, I wonder how how much of the distress with dying, like the person who is dying, stems from the, the early... Um, belief that death is wrong or that death is painful for the family, right? So we learned this right, we learned this as small children. And so I mm-hmm. wonder how much easier it would be for people to die if if we never thought death was wrong. How much less suffering would be involved, physical suffering, right? How much hanging on, hanging on, hanging on would be involved if there was no wrongness in death. 
if there well, was no and how much less trauma and drama right for everyone absolutely yeah 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 wow. so and i think that the i think the big lie there is that death is a separation right so death is wrong mm-hmm. is one and then death as a separation is huge it's probably the first lie because because it's a separation then we make it wrong right because we don't want to be separated so you know we we really do believe that death is a separation and you know because we can't touch we can't touch people you know i remember when my grandfather died he was the first person that died like in my immediately fa- in my immediate family it was really my first experience with death and i remember being at the funeral home where he was laying for like 3 days and on the last day like the day of his funeral i remember being so upset because i wasn't going to be able to touch his body and i remember having this internal conversation of like that's really stupid because I know he's not here. You know, like I know this is not him. (laughs) Like I know this is just his body and I know it's dumb. But I almost, I felt like I could just sit there. I would have loved it if he could just stay there forever and I could just go and visit his body. Even though I knew he wasn't there, this this thing, (laughs) like we make it the body so real. That's the thing we make most real. Right? Yes. uh, Is it? Absolutely. Is it? And how can, yeah, can you talk about that? Like how do we, what is it that's real beyond just the body? Well, that's a really great question. And it's like, what about the energy of who we truly be? And it's funny because even as you say this, sometimes, um, you know, people say to me, oh, I miss you. And it's like, sometimes I don't really get that because I feel like, and maybe it's just because of what I do and I'm connected to the energy and, and the being of everyone that, Sometimes I don't really get the missing thing. It's like, but we're all connected. Like, you know, I think about you, you think about me. It's like, but we're not willing to be that aware. And I think I think that's even where a lot of the lies around death comes in is we're not willing to be that aware to even know when our time would be up or someone else's time would be up. Like, what if yes. we're willing to really be aware of that and be okay with it? Yes. My with my dog MJ, she started talking to me about her death probably about 2 years ago. Like 2 years wow. before she died because I suddenly started and I didn't know that that's what was happening at the time or maybe I didn't. I just didn't want to look at it. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah, I like how I catch myself on my radio show and I like how I catch myself lying on my radio show. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That just happened. So um, I used to be around her. And so she was like 12 when she died, right? Which is old for a dog. But she, um, she, I started to be around her and I started thinking, she's going to die soon. Like she's getting up there in age, you know, or, or this was how I would rationalize it. And then I would be like, why am I thinking that? Like, stop it. You know, why are you thinking about her death? And it would happen over and over and over again. Oh, you know, she's her body's slowing down. She's gonna, she's gonna, probably gonna die soon. And I kept making myself wrong and being like, "Ew, why am I doing that? Like, stop it!" And now I know. Now I know. If I like, and I wonder what could have been different um, if I had really paid attention to that. And like, you know, so you're right. How much do we shut off our awareness about when people are? are going to be going or not because we don't want to look at it because we think it's so uncomfortable when really it could be, it's what a gift it is for some, what a gift it is for someone to offer that energy to us. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and the way I say it is we all have a life cycle, right? So it's like, 
who's to say that like even the boy that you spoke of with with the liver transplant like he decided that that was his life cycle that was his choice and thankfully his family honored that and the medical staff honored that you know of course you're going to present to him all of the options and and whatever but he still chose what he chose and that is so amazing to me it's like what if we could be that willing to be a that aware b give people that choice and get ourselves out of the way of our again our own selfishness right mm-hmm. <clears throat> because we want excuse me they want us you know we want them to be around we don't want to be here without them but it's like, what if we could honor that they simply transition, they change form, and yes. that they still are with us, they are still around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that we can still communicate with them, we can still continue with them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I do when I do readings with people is like, I don't, I don't want people relying on me as the medium to communicate with their right. loved ones. Honestly, it's like, I tell people, you can communicate with them yourself. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to know that that's even possible? Mm -hmm. And I love that so much because I think I've always kind of known that about people who are who we call psychics. It's like I think I've always known that actually we really do all have this capacity, you know. Um, Some of us are not really willing to look look at it or strengthen it or, yeah. Absolutely. and what a gift that is to people who come to you to be like, hey, you can do this. You don't need to come to me. You can you can talk to them like I talk to them. It's great. Yeah, oh my big time. And I, I often give people a sign. I like to give them. It doesn't always happen, but sometimes I will get a sign from the loved one so that it's a reminder to them when they see that sign, whatever it may be, be it a rainbow or a blooper, because those signs will show up in the most amazing times, whether you're worried or stressed about something or you're having a hard time, those signs will show up. And it's just that reminder again that, you know, they are still with us, that you aren't alone. And, you know, a lot of times they are still guiding us. I I see grandparents and loved ones come in all the time, you know, especially for parents who worry about their kids. Um, It's like they're telling them, they're protected, they're okay. It's like even with our children, we forget that they're infinite beings, that, Mm -hmm. you know, really the worst thing that can happen to us in this world is that we die, but we're infinite beings, Uh we don't really die. (laughs) We just carry on in another form, right? It's like you said with your grandfather, we just leave the physical body behind. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Okay. (sighs) Let's take a break. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back. And you touched on something that I really, really want to talk about, and that's um, missing, missing people. I really, really want to talk about that more. Um, So you are listening to Messy Adventures in Living on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm here today. We're talking about the lies of death with Janine Youngworth. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? 
What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Yes, welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. I am joined today by Janine Youngworth, and we're talking about the lies of death. And we're having a really fun show talking about death, aren't we, Janine? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to address something. I wanted to go um, and talk about missing missing people, but there's something in the chat room I just want to address. Um, Sue in the chat room just made a comment about um, people with cancer or, you know, I guess really any long-term debilitating illness. Where is it? I'm just trying to find it here. And about um, not getting a choice. So she feels that sometimes they don't get choices. They're told that they have to have chemo, radiation to survive longer. You know, what if quality is better than quantity? Um, sometimes they feel they have to do it, not just to disappoint family, and it isn't always their choice. And, right, it's what we were talking about before, right? Like, we 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 have this, there's this huge point of view that you want to not cause suffering to your family. So, you know, you might not talk about the fact that you really would rather just die. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Janine, because um, it made me think about uh, making decisions for people who are not conscious and making decisions about whether they live or die or life support or no life support or treatment or no treatment. Um, can, is there anything you can tell us or offer, like a tool you can offer us about how someone would go about communicating with someone who is in their body but not conscious? That's a really great question. <laughs> Maybe, yes. And and probably not a perfect answer, but I mean. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to tell you. So let me just start speaking and see what comes out. Okay. <laughs> because I had this experience with my aunt um, about five years ago where 
uh, she had, it's something similar to a stroke. It's not, it's an AVM. You probably know what that is. Um, but it is a brain bleed. And, you know, they had done like a five-hour surgery on her. And they weren't sure, you know, what her recovery was going to be like and whatnot. So for me as a medium, um, you know, I can tap into the energy and communicate, I guess, just through what I do. And I had the awareness that she was on the fence when I kind of went in to speak with her. And she wasn't sure that she wanted to come back and recover because it was going to be, there was a lot of damage and it was going to be a process of learning to walk, maybe even learning to talk, all of those things. And my aunt was not a person who liked to rely on others. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting when I, you know, first tuned in and saw that she was on the fence. And, you know, I... I did a body process on her, um, you know, to kind of try to help with some of the healing and just see what was going to transpire from it. But in the end, it was like one day I woke up and it, it was just a total knowing. And again, if we're all willing to be aware, for me, it was a knowing that she was now choosing to go. And it was interesting because her son was in communication with me uh, via email through this whole process because it was a process, I think it was over a week or two, I can't really remember now, um, where every day he was kind of giving me daily updates. And it was interesting because even the updates he was giving me were things that I was kind of picking up on already from just being, I guess, tuned into her or connected um, with her. And so I woke up this day and I knew that she was going to go. And that was when the medical staff confirmed that there was no brain activity and, you know, asking the family what it was that they wanted to do. You know, did they want to keep her on life support or, you know, did they want to take her off? And, you know, the family decided that it was, you know, in her best interests because they knew, again, they knew her, that she wouldn't want to be kept alive by machines, that that wasn't quality of life for her. And so they opted to, you know, stop all of the machines and and let her go. So, yeah, that's a really great question. Like, how well do you know your loved one? Are you willing to be that aware? Are you willing to, I guess, yeah, how do I explain how I do that? Yeah, that's, you know, it's hard to explain the difference between awareness and thought sometimes, you know? Well, and I think it seems a fine line. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I think is 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 key actually is judgment. Um because I feel like I I was thinking about, you know, what if someone tells you that if, you know, they had a big stroke or they had a big kind of event like that that they wouldn't want to be kept alive and then they change their mind. You know, like could you be aware enough to catch it? Or the other way around, like some people are really afraid of death and and they might say to you, "I want you to do absolutely everything." to keep me alive if that happens. Like they tell you that in in words and then Mm -hmm. something shows up and they're like, they change their mind. They're like, whoa, (laughs) I don't think I want to do this. (laughs) Could you like imagine how hard that is because they've told you before with words. It's like, I'm telling you, I don't, don't let me die. Like I'm afraid of death. But then they change their minds. They're not conscious. They can't tell you. You got to have all that judgment out of the way, right? You got to have the guilt out of the way you have to be willing to be so raw and so open and so vulnerable to have the awareness to know, right? So I think getting judgment out of the way is huge. Absolutely. That's a really great point. 
And the other thing that's kind of coming in is is knowing your your communication. Like I I try to teach people, and it's something that we've learned in through access is whatever is light is true for you, and whatever is heavy, right, is a lie or not true for you. And it's like, what if we could all just be so in tune with being willing to ask questions and get the answers via the light and heavy? And, you know, I do that all the time when I'm doing my work. And sometimes, I, you know, it's funny because it happens instantly. Someone will come up to me and ask me a question, and I get an instant read. Like, and if we could practice that and get more into our awareness of, of the light and heavy, that that way, again, it's like, you're willing to see the truth and you're willing to see beyond the lies. And I just think there's still too many people in the world that are really, truly afraid of the truth, which is so messed up and weird. <laughs> yeah. So, it's you weird. know, when, yeah. I, when I get that, I say, well, then it's like there's a lot of resistance too, though, to ease, right? Like, yeah. when we have trauma and drama and death, that is definitely not ease a lot of pain you know so it's like i think people are still addicted to hard addicted to trauma and drama um and whatever that creates for them rather than mm -hmm. you can no go ahead yeah um i was gonna say especially around um mourning people um because there seems there's this point of view that um if you really miss someone, it means that you love them. If you really cry, if you really grieve, if you grieve, if you never let go of the grief, like if you say things like my my life is never going to be the same, um, I'll I'll never stop grieving over you. Um, like how much do we hold on to that because we think that if we don't do that, it means we didn't love them. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, or it's a measure of how much you did love yes. them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because coming up to this one-year mark, um, which, again, it's the significant thing that we do, but this one-year mark <laughs> of the anniversary of my dog's death, I and I've done this, I've caught myself doing this a lot, where I catch, my, I catch myself almost trying to... Um, trying to make that show this this thing show up like try how do i explain it like trying to see if that sadness is still there or trying uh, to like and then when it's not it's like do you know what i'm saying like searching for it yeah. it's not in my universe anymore um because i have spent the last year learning how to communicate with her in a different way right asking her yes. to show me fun memories like asking her you know and so so when I come coming up to this one year mark, which again we make significant, I was like, oh, there's no energy on it really. There was really no energy on it. It's like, if if anything, I was like, thank you for the reminder. Like, thanks for the reminder and thanks for the opportunity to do another show and talk about it. You know, but the yeah. the energy of like sadness and missing, like I'm like, oh, I'm, it's not really there anymore, and I'm okay with that. You know, and it doesn't mean I loved her less. It's Absolutely, and I think that that's one of there. the lies that people buy is yeah. that it, that's one of the lies, right? It's like if you don't grieve, if you aren't the, you know, the grieving person, then that somehow means that they're, I don't know, it's weird, it's twisted. It's, I, I get that energy when I'm working with people in readings too. It's like, you know, I'll ask them if they want to release the grief or the emotion or whatever, and they just, their eyes get big and it's like, Somehow they think if they really let that go, then they've really lost them. And it's like, but they're already gone. Yes. It's kind of silly. 
you know, how how we, I guess, twist those lies up in our heads to make it seem more significant or more real or keep them closer or whatever. But really, yeah. all it does is just create more suffering. Right. For, for both of you, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I have seen instances where the loved one on the other side, it's like, when they, if the person does choose to let go, it's like it is a gift to them on the other side too, because they're like, okay, finally, you know, they're setting me free too. Like, so energetically, it's almost like they're being pulled to stay close, and it's almost like they, they're not totally free either. Mm-hmm. So, it's can you talk a little bit about what that means? Like, so I, what does that mean exactly? So, keeping them close versus setting them free, like, you know, if they're an infinite being and if we're infinite beings, can we not be in touch all the time? And what does, like, what does it mean for you when you say setting them free or keeping them here, keeping them pulled close? What does that mean exactly? It's almost like an energy of being afraid to let go of the energy of their passing, right? Everything that goes with it. All of yes. the emotion, all of that, all of that, and so energetically, it's almost like there's still like a. It's almost like a magnet where it's like they're trying to pull them and keep them close, and it's another lie that we buy that really isn't a contribution, right? It's actually a limitation. Yes. So I, yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, someone that my husband used to work with, um, her husband, or sorry, her son was hit by a train. Like he was in a vehicle and um, something happened. He was on the train track or, or maybe crossing or whatever and was hit by a train and killed. This woman has taken on the role of the grieving mother ever since. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and it's like, to me, it's like you forget, right? Like you, you've moved on and you kind of assume or think that others have moved on. And I remember one time saying to her, Mother's Day was coming up. And I and I said to her, I said, oh, do you have any plans for Mother's Day? Well, oh, my goodness, wrong person to ask that question because mm-hmm. she was like, I do not celebrate Mother's Day and I am forever oh. grieving and my son and and wow. I just... Honestly, it was like, so how many lives has she bought there? Yeah. And even even the energy of, I will be the forever grieving mother to show how much she loved her son. That's she right. She still has a son here that's alive. So is like, how much is that wow. even taking away from her relationship mm-hmm. with her living son? Yeah. And so you can see how all of the lies that she's bought is actually taken away the joy in her entire life including all of her loved ones all around her including me simply asking her what are your plans for Mother's Day it was like <laughs> oh my gosh it was like whoa loaded question whoa I didn't check my awareness when I asked that one <laughs> you know but it's like honestly like how much is she and you know how much her son wants her to know that he is fine, that he's an infinite being, he's on the other side, but she is totally unwilling to receive or hear that um, because she's too busy grieve, being the grieving mother. It's right. kind of, again, n- not a judgment, because if I say that's kind of sad, how much judgment is in there, but you can see the energy of what's being created there. You know, obviously, I'm an allowance of what she's choosing because it's just a choice. She's choosing that, you know, um, 
but it's just, you just think, wow, there's so many other possibilities and really this is what you're choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because we're not aware, we're not taught a lot in life about what death is. Right. I feel like we're taught to fight to live. Yeah. You know, and again, another lie. It's like, what if we all just have a life cycle? It's just a life cycle that, you know, there's no right or wrong to it. You know, it's like when someone young dies, how much judgment and how many people say, oh, it's such a tragedy. You know, they had so much life to live. Maybe they didn't come here to, you know, grow old and right. become a grandmother or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's so interesting. I I actually was helping a, a young fellow. Um, his girlfriend was killed in a car accident just in January. And um, it, you know, he came to me. He knew what I did. He he's a friend of my daughter's, and so he asked if he could have a reading with me. And it was so beautiful, so amazing. What what the passing of this young lady? She was 16. What she has shown so many people already just through her passing. Yeah. Um, and she knew. She actually knew that she was going to pass. Um, so she had an awareness that her time was going to be short here on earth because she had a conversation, I think it was almost a month to the day before she died with her sister. Um, her and her sister weren't overly close, but they happened to have this heart to heart. And she told her older sister that, you know, I don't feel I'm going to live a long time. And I feel like I've, I've lived a good life and I'm not afraid to die. And she was having this conversation with her sister. And her sister was just like, wow. And that was a gift to her. I also ended up doing a reading for her sister um, through the the way all the reading went and and the things that came up and the messages that went through the boyfriend um, back to this sister. But she said it was such a gift having that conversation with her sister. It helped her have more ease with her losing her sister. Um, And then the day of her passing, so the boyfriend, when he came to me, said, do you think she knew that she was... um, going to die and and it was so light to me and I said well yes in some ways and it's not always a cognitive like oh today I'm going to die sometimes it's more of a knowing inside that you know you're not here for a long time and the day she passed was actually a day like it is today blistery and uh, you know snowy and the roads were icy and it was lunchtime and she said to him you know, if if I was to get in an accident, she said, I, I really hope I go quickly. I don't want to be cold. Well, in the reading, what she said to me was, I, so she shows herself, because sometimes I'll get images, and she's twirling in the sunlight, and she says it's the perfect temperature. And I'm like, this is such a weird message for me to pass on. And oh my God. It, I didn't know what she meant, but I'm like, she's saying this. He smiled and he said, I know exactly what she means. And she was telling him that she didn't suffer, that she went quickly. And, you know, it's just, it's been an amazing thing, you know, being in communication with him, helping him, you know, to acknowledge the emotions as they come up rather than stuff them down. Because I said to him, you know, you might get triggered. You might be filling up your car with gas and maybe you hear a song and it reminds you of her and the sadness comes up, And but there's people around you and you want to just shove it down. I was teaching him how to just release the emotion as it comes up so that it doesn't get shoved down even when it's coming up at, say, the wrong time or, you know, a time that doesn't seem convenient because that's often what happens with emotion with us, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's she's 
touched so many lives in her. I mean, this mm-hmm. January is only a few months ago, and it's just been, to me, it's been a magical, beautiful story of her passing and yeah. and being able to even communicate with her friends and and show them that the relationship continues on. If you're willing to see her signs, if you're willing, you know, I've told right. them all, you can talk to her. Like, if you're willing, it's in your head, right? It's like you can ask a question, you might hear words back. It's like telecommunication. It's very instant. If you're willing to yeah. do that, you can have that. And I'm sure you were doing that with your with MJ, right? Is that not how you were communicating while MJ was sick? It's not how we think it is. It's almost like it's right. thought kind of going back and forth where you ask a question and you have the information back. And it's like you said, it's that fine line of, is this awareness or am I mm-hmm. um, making this up in my head? Right. Am I thinking? Yeah, I mean, I and I think, we, like, what would happen if we really just trusted that and went with it? Because so often it is correct, really. Um, yeah, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to, um, I can't believe we're almost done, <laughs> but we're going to skip the I break because either. I really, I really wanted to talk about missing someone. And um, there's a quote from Dr. Dane here, who is the co-founder of Access that I read many years ago and just had shivers in my whole body when I read it. Um, and it goes like this, what if the intensity of feeling that you have identified as missing someone instead is the intensity of connection that is really there. And ever since I read that, I had a very different point of view about missing someone. And what a gift this has been because now every time I feel like I miss someone, I actually go, oh, are you here? And I've had that happen almost all the time, specifically with my dog, MJ. And um, But the question that I want to ask is, and you touched on it just now, is that the trauma of the passing and and how this links to missing. So like like when she when she initially died, the first few days, the first few weeks, I kept remembering the trauma, right? Like I kept seeing these images of her throwing up and falling over and like how skinny she got and all of this. And the way I changed it actually was that I asked her to show me happy memories. And that and she did that. And and that mm. really changed and that really changed and I'm so grateful she's so awesome. Um, but wow. uh, can you talk a little bit about that um, that sense of missing and that sense of, I don't maybe they're separate I don't know if they're separate or together but like the holding on to that magnetic imprinting of the trauma and how we can change that. Wow, I actually have never heard that quote before and I love that. Isn't it? I, I love it so much. It's beautiful it's like you know how much again how much we we are buying lies of what we think is true and it's like to me that's the truth right it's more the intensity of the connection and it's so beautiful keisha is asking you to say the quote again (laughs) oh i can say it again yes it's what is oh and you put it here i put it in the chat room what is the intensity of feeling that you have identified as missing someone Instead, is the intensity of the connection that is really there. So we have this feeling that we we call missing someone, or we've learned to call it that, right? We're taught that that means you miss someone. But what if it's not that at all? What if it's actually the intensity of connection? So for me, when I first read it, and I'm like, every time I miss someone, I wonder if they're around me. And I'm calling it missing them, but it's actually that I'm sensing them there. Absolutely. Right? 
Absolutely. And it's like, how many times have, have we all thought of someone, right? It's like, oh, I haven't seen so-and-so for a long time. And either you run into them on the street or they call you. Right. So it's like those thoughts go out. And then so we're always broadcasting and receiving information, right? right? And And so it's like um, how much we actually are connected that we're just not acknowledging. Right. Because we're calling it missing them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. that's how I, I've, and I, I guess I've never acknowledged that I've known this, you know, because you think, well, I'm just me and this, this is just how I am. But it's like acknowledging that I guess that's why I don't really miss people because I know that we're, we're connected all the time. It's like, um, yeah, how, how much are we willing to actually acknowledge that we have that capacity and turn it up? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, there's a comment in the chat room about uh, that Sue's mentioned about losing her nephew, um, and that she says, "I'm one day closer to being with him." Thank you for that, Sue, because that's also another lie I think we buy is that we put it in the future. We're like, "Oh, you know, one day I'll see you again. Like when I die, then we'll be together." And like, what if that's not true? What if you're still together? What if you never separated? Absolutely. And and that is what I try to tell people when I do readings is they are still here. They've just changed form. Are you willing to? Their energy is obviously more subtle than being in a body, right? I always say it's like when we transition from the body um, to being back to being an infinite being, I always use the analogy of water. So ice would be the, the solid body, right? Ice is dense and it's you can touch it and sense it, right? When we transition back to being an infinite being, it's more like the humidity in the air. So, and yeah. then there's there's also the transition of sometimes people don't fully transition, so they're out of their body, but mm-hmm. they haven't fully transitioned. And so, to me, that's like steam, and that's what where it would be like someone who's a ghost who doesn't realize they don't have a body and they have somewhere else to be. So it's kind of like it's those different levels of transition, but it's like humidity in the air is can still be felt. You can't see it, but you can still feel it. Yeah, and it's so, still the same. It's just a different form. Exactly. And it's just the level of awareness. So are people willing to up their awareness and sense their loved ones still with them and be willing to set up even signs? Because, you know what, even for me, sometimes I get little reminders of people that I was close to that have passed. And it's mm-hmm. like I have little signs with them and that their signs will show up. I'll be like, oh, you know, my Auntie Marilyn's here with me or, you know, or my grandma's here or whatever. It's like a reminder. Even we do forget because we get caught up in the busyness of life. Yeah. But it's like those little signs are like, oh, my gosh, that's right. I'm not alone. And, you know, it's, if there's either a happy time going on or I'm struggling with something or I'm stressed about something, it's their little reminder to say, hey everything's okay, or hey, we're still here, even though you're celebrating, like, we're happy with you. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're in the last four minutes. I'm not sure how that happened. But (laughs) do you want to talk a little (laughs) bit about you and how people can reach you and maybe your book and the services you offer and all that kind of awesome stuff? Sure, absolutely. I, You know, I do want to talk a little bit about my book and just say, like, You know, I never used to believe this was possible. I didn't believe it was possible to um, communicate with loved ones after they were gone. Um, And it was like what you said earlier. It's like when I was 13, I could feel 
a presence in a certain house that I babysat in and I you chalk it up to well it's like the boogeyman or maybe I just want them right. to be here or, or whatever and you know at sometimes when I want to say when we think of them they it's not I guess the go to is oh I'm just thinking of them if you really pay attention you weren't thinking at all you were busy doing something when they popped in so oh, sometimes yes. it's them reaching out to us but the mm-hmm. only way it works is through thought, right? So it's like they'll pop into our heads and we'll think, oh, I'm just thinking of them again. I must be missing them. No, say hello. Like if, yes. you, if you're if you paying attention, you'll, you'll notice that sometimes they pop in when you weren't thinking at all. You were in the midst of being busy. So just be aware of that, that your loved ones can pop in too. It's not just you reaching out to them. They are trying mm-hmm. to reach out to you. Um, but truly, like, I, I didn't believe it was possible, and I now know it's possible, obviously, um, because I I embraced being a medium. I was told that I had the capacity, and I went, oh, is that why I always felt like I was being watched? It, it wasn't like the boogeyman, you know, because you just chalk it up to, oh, it's like the boogeyman doesn't exist, you know? Mm-hmm. And yet in this one specific house, it was always happening. And then I overheard a conversation between the owner and my mom and her telling my mom all the weird things that happened in that house. And it was mostly from the kitchen where they'd come home from work and cupboard doors and drawers would be open, et cetera. And it was like, oh, okay, there's something something to this. That was my kind of first like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy because I felt like I was being watched from the kitchen. Yeah, that was where wow. I felt like I was being so, yeah. So anyway, so if you want to know more about me, um, I do have a website, Janine.ca. I do have a Facebook page. It's called Just Show Up with Janine. Like Petrina said, I do have archives as well. I used to be on Inspired Choices Network, and all of my archives are there. And, and I do talk more about um, death and what it means and what your dead loved ones want to, you to know. So there's all of that as well. So those are just ways that you can find me. I'm so grateful that you had me on today. It was such a fun topic. Yes, it was such a fun topic, wasn't it? (laughs) I'm so grateful uh, that you have been here. I've been wanting to have you on my show for a while, and finally it jumped. I was like, ah, that's the one. (laughs) And what a gift. It was your puppy that brought us together. I know, right? She just keeps, she's the gift that keeps on giving. I'm telling you, she's awesome. I love her. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what else is possible with all this? And also, I just want to pop in, like, what could we show our children about death that would change the way we all look at death from now on, like in the future? Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll leave you guys with that. So thank you so much for being here, everyone in the chat room, listening, uh, playing with us live. And it, uh, for all of you who have listened in the future, goodbye. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for playing with us on Messy Adventures in Living. Katrina Fava will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on Inspired Choices Network. We'd love to have you join us again. Until next time, have fun creating your phenomenal life, mess and all.